Are you ready for the word? Yes. Amen. Say, I'm ready. I'm, ready. I'm making room in my heart for the word of God. I'm about to hear not a man's opinion, but what God says in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, um, I, was, I came across on YouTube, uh, I mean, came on my YouTube feed, this, can, can you guys put that slide up? No? Okay. Fall asleep in God's Word. Try listening for three minutes. Hello? No, th that channel is not from our church. <laughs> and don't, you know, don't fall asleep. <laughs> I don't know what people think about the Word of God. The Word of God doesn't put people to sleep. Amen? The Word of God raises the dead. Come on. I mean, God said to Ezekiel, speak to the valley of dry bones and people, you know, bones and everything just came to life. Praise God, you know. Come on. God's Word is alive and powerful. Amen. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So you're about to receive life. Now, please open your Bibles this morning to Acts of the Apostles chapter 17. Acts of the Apostles chapter 17. And I want to read to you today from this passage. Uh, uh, and uh, the title of my message is, No Room for Darkness. No Room for Darkness. Acts chapter 17, verse 16. It says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. His spirit was provoked within him. Another translation says he was deeply distressed that the city was given over to darkness, to idols. Verse 22, then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and he said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. In actual fact, the word, it's not religious in the Greek and I'm going to tell you what that word is in just a minute. Another translation, the King James Version says, you are too superstitious. Everyone say, superstitious. Jump to verse 29, therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we are not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone shaped by art and man's devising. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. You know, ignorance will keep people in bondage. But Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Amen. I want to share with you from this passage, you know, Paul went to Athens, uh, the very epicenter of Greek life and Greek intellect. For many, many years I was, with, before I knew Jesus, I was devoted to Greek philosophy. I had great admiration for the writings of the great philosophers of Rome, the classical philosophers and so on. And uh, indeed, they, in, in, a, in an intellectual sense, there's a lot to admire. And that's where Paul, the apostle Paul went because with their intellectual stuff, there was also a lot of things that the apostle Paul called ignorance. 
And I think it takes a lot of guts for a little preacher to go up to the epicenter of Greek culture, a very important place like Mars Hill, where they worship the Roman god of war, where philosophers would meet to discuss their great uh, um, uh, thinking and, and, and so on, and a place also that was so important that the Supreme Court of, of Greece, that's where it, it was held. So this was a very prestigious place. And you couldn't just go there, you know, unless you really you had something important to say. And so he went and he, and he called what was perceived as intelligence and, and, and wisdom and all that kind of stuff. He called it ignorance. And, uh, and as he was making his way up onto Marzil, the Bible says that his spirit was disturbed within him by all the idolatry and all the stuff that he saw there. Now, in, in verse 16, it says, Paul saw the city given over to idols, given over to idols. So the whole city was consecrated, was given over to these uh, uh, supposed deities. This, and, 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 and the devil didn't just have a, a foothold in the city. The devil had the whole city given over to him. And, uh, and I'm sharing this passage today because I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of Ephesians 4.27 that says that we are to give the devil no place, no foothold. That's why, the Bible, that's why my title today is No Room for Darkness. The Bible says give the devil no foothold, no place to the devil. And it's so interesting that this whole city wasn't just a person, it was the whole city was given over. The devil didn't just have a foothold, the devil had the whole city to himself, you know. And, uh, and, and so when Paul went into that place, the Bible says that he was, when he saw that the city was given over to idols, he was stirred in his heart. He was, he was deeply disturbed. He was that thing really messed with him. That thing really did something to his inner man. And he's, he's like, whoa, there, there's such darkness in this place. This is not fair. People who are so intelligent, people who have come up with such great things, and, and yet they believe this stuff that keeps in, is keeping them in bondage and in darkness. And so he went to the very epicenter of that thing, and he started declaring Amen, who God was. I thank God for people with uh, that kind of boldness. Amen. The people with unwavering and, um, and uh, unbending faith. Hallelujah. People that have no room, not just for the devil, but no room for compromise in their lives. But tell it like it is. Oh, I love the Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. So his spirit was disturbed, what he had seen. And there was this strong and deep repulsion. You know what, may we be also spiritually alert as the Apostle Paul was because there's darkness in the world that we're living in today. As you know what, that darkness is not there for us to accommodate, to tolerate, or to absorb into our system, or to have a, a, a syncretic faith, which is a faith that kind of allows for other things we need to have. Purity of faith, amen? And, and we need to, you know, the reality is not gray. There is really darkness and there really is light. And God has called us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the Bible says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So 
If you, the Bible even calls us children of light. Amen. So give the devil no foothold. Give him no, don't tolerate a millimeter into your space of anything that the devil has against your life. Amen. It's a bit of a different message. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I hope I'm, I'm coming across clear and uh, I'm coming against the devil in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. But we need to be spiritually alert. Now, verse 22, the King James Version says, Then Paul stood in the midst of uh, Marzil and said to them, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Everyone say superstitious. Paul didn't mince his words. He didn't say this is amazing. He said you guys have bought into something that is superstition. And what I'm sharing with you today is not just because... I thought that, you know, with Halloween around the corner and all that kind of stuff, it would be a good idea to talk about this stuff. Listen, I'm talking about this because, number one, the Lord mandated me. The Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, on Sunday, you speak about this. So I'm here under instructions of God. Amen. Amen. I don't follow what goes on in the world and kind of adapt my message to what's happening. I, no, I, the devil doesn't have that much attention in my life. But what God says, it's what, what happens. So I'm here, number one, I'm doing that because of a mandate. I need to talk about this stuff, amen, from the Bible. And secondly, because the occult in, every, in all kinds of forms, in its different forms, has got so many people. And I've come across, in the 32 years of ministry, so many people that have been involved in the occult or have allowed it or have tolerated the occult in different types, different forms, from Zodiac to palm reading to all kinds of stuff. And I have seen people so bound up, so uh, suffering tremendously mentally, physically, spiritually. It's no joke, okay? It is no joke. So the purpose of this message is, number one, to, um, uh, to re remind us not to ever give place to darkness in our lives. And secondly, to minister freedom. And, and freedom comes in many ways. We can pray for you. But you know what? Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall say, make you free. So as you hear, freedom is going to be imparted to your spirit in Jesus' name. So superstition, you know, superstition. You know, every culture has it in many different forms. The Greeks had superstition. The Jews had superstition. Let me shock you with this one. Even the disciples of Jesus, there was some residual superstition in their lives because in, in the dark of night, in the... When Jesus comes walking on the waters to them, they said, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. So even the disciples had a little bit of superstition still left in them. <laughs> and Jesus said, hey, it is I. It, it's not the devil walks on the water. Let's start crediting the devil with, 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 with stuff like that. It's Jesus who walks on the water. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, and it is... It is, it is in the east, it is in the north, the south, the east, and the west. Right here where we live in the west, it's full of superstition. I mean, BBC, can I just read some, some things to you just quickly? BBC News Magazine. I mean, this is not, I didn't buy this in Kurong. I just downloaded it from the internet. I'm like, okay, what is, what, is, what is in the news about the occult? I mean, so many things. It's amazing. Look at this one. An article in BBC News, Australian settlers and an old superstition. Items of clothing found concealed in Australian buildings tell the story of a battle waged, waged by early settlers 
with the evil spirits they feared were lying in wait in their unfamiliar surroundings. Wow, isn't it amazing? <laughs> they started reading some secular um, uh, article, and they started telling you that when the early settlers came to this nation, they, they, they had some practices, like they would build, um, and this is what this, the whole article is about, is about they, they would build a building, but, but to ward off evil spirits, they would hide a shoe in the foundation, they would put uh, something up, I mean, just, just superstition. And it's so interesting that, you know, here's a, a secular article talking about people warding off evil spirits. Hello? Hello? I mean, just this professor, Robin Marie Shepard, a uh, professor at the Auckland University, and she's, she said, according to a researcher, and this is the research of this lady, psychic phone line addicts are spending $33,000 per year to seek guidance on their finances, their love life, and other burning issues from psychics, tarot card readers, astrologers, and other tell. I mean, the academia is looking into this. It's very interesting. In the news, stolen cash spent on psychic hotlines. A Brisbane woman who fleeced, fleeced her employees of more than $50,000 spent much of the stolen cash calling psychic hotlines. Why would you spend money? I mean, there's some people that may hear in church, we say, hey, let's give to God because it is more blessed to give. Can I just say, just parentheses here, I had that scripture in my heart the whole week. And I'm like, God, I'm not taking up the offering. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And then you get up and you, wow. And I meditated on that scripture the whole week. You see, God, God says something, and people sometimes get offended, money, money, money. But you know, some, someone will spend $50,000 calling some psychic hotline just to hear some pre-recorded message saying, Mars is in line with Venus. <laughs> Not a good day to do business. I mean, how dumb can you get and still breed? And he spend money on that. I was shocked to read in the news that there's a woman in Brisbane who runs a psychic hotline, and she, she has 75 people running the psychic hotlines. Hello? There's a lot of money going into darkness. Anyway, let me, let me just, okay, another, another new, in the news, another, another headline. For psychics, a year like no other. Everybody wants to know what's coming. Okay. Another, another headline, everyone is booking psychics right now, and here's what they're finding out. You know, and I, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of stuff here. Oh, I was amazed. Uh, just, you heard, it's been in the news, uh, the mistrial of um, a rape case. It's been in the news because one of the uh, jurors actually did something that he wasn't supposed to do, and so they had to retry go through the whole trial all, all over again. And I was reading that. I was reading in the news. And then a bit further down, it says, there's actually precedent for that. There was another trial where someone got murdered, and the jurors got together, and they got out, a, 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 what, what's the name of the board, the Ouija board? Ouija board, and consulted the dead to find out who, you know, to, to come to the, their verdict, whether it was, uh, hello, it's in the news, it's everywhere. Never mind Halloween. I mean, people are, Looking for answers, but all in the wrong places. I mean, there's this lady here in Modesto, California. She lost, she claimed to have lost all her psychic abilities after having done a brain scan at the local hospital. <laughs> and 
she sued the hospital for $2 million. Now, the puzzling thing to me is that she won the case. Watch out, all you radiographers and everything. Just us people. There's a likelihood you're going to go through the MRI machine and your psychic abilities may be gone. It's amazing how the whatever she consults didn't warn her beforehand. Don't do. Don't go through the tunnel. Don't go through the tunnel. You know, you're going to lose your psychic abilities. I think in Oslo there's a psych ward. That's where these things belong. But anyway, let's just uh, move on. Okay, let's just move on quickly. But it has penetrated our culture. It has penetrated in, in all, I mean, all kinds of entertainment in all forms, in, in books, in apps, in videos, in video games, in movies. And, and, and no wonder, you know, that some of us, you don't feel as strongly as the Apostle Paul felt regarding darkness because we, we're just surrounded by this thing. But it's, it's very, very important that we feel the same repulsion towards these things as the Apostle Paul felt. Because that's how strongly God feels about the occult, superstition, and all these kinds of things. And I need to preach about that because you're not going to get this anywhere else but in the church. Amen. We, we need to talk about this. We need to kind of define the line between light and darkness and, and call people to serve the, the only true living God. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Sorry if I've ruined your uh, Halloween party. I'm not sorry. I, I, I'm just, anyway, Hollywood, you know, has glamorized things that at the root, at its root, they are demonic and harmful. Let's not kid ourselves. Those things are harmful, but they're packaged in a way. I mean, I don't even know why we imported that from the United States. All right? Amen. <laughs> it's become cool. I worked for, for many, many years ago for Open University. And one day in my, in my section, all, all the academics thought it was a great idea to actually read tarot cards. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to be part of that. And they said, well, the boss is going to be really unhappy with you, my supervisor, my director, if you don't turn up. I said, I don't do darkness. I was there. I found Jesus. I am in a better place. I don't want to do that. Hey, but you know, and there's a pressure. All these people, I mean, the people in university, you know, academics and so on, and uh, it's just, just a little bit of fun. I don't care what you call fun. Because, I mean, that's what people tell other people when they do drugs. That's just for a little bit of fun, but then it messes their lives forever. I don't care. You have fun, whatever you want to. But I'm not having that kind of fun because there's no fun. It's not funny. And so they, they all gathered together. They brought a woman into the university. They started, you know, doing the tarot card thing. And I was outside praying in the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying, Lord, let there be major interference Lord, just kind of jam the signal. Whatever signal they have with the demonic, let it be jammed in Jesus' name. And then when they completed, they all came out, you know, they all look happy, and they're looking at me like, mm, you know. <laughs> I don't care. The next day in the morning, first, first thing, we got a call from the dean of the university. He wanted a high-level meeting, and everybody was there, and we went there. And without any explanation, the dean of the university turned to my boss and said, you're fired. Point, first point in the agenda, you're fired. And this concludes our meeting today. Thank you. And they all left. 
I'm surprised they didn't see that in the tarot cards the day before. <laughs> Amen. 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 Come on, greater is the one in us than the one in the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there's a rise in, in what's known you know, as, as neo-paganism. Just, I just heard recently about a, this young guy in the army in the United States. And he's, he started kind of growing his beard, and it's against the rules, so he had to get an exemption to grow his beard. And he said, I want this exemption on religious grounds. He said, what, what grounds? you want to look like Abraham with a big beard? No, I am converted to uh, the Nordic gods, and I want to grow a beard, and, and because I now am a, you know, I mean, this guy's seen a lot of, too many Marvel movies, and he wants to be like Thor or something, and, and worshiping the Nord gods, Nordic gods, and, and t t it's amazing, you know, they granted him the exemption. So, what is superstition? Now, superstition, when, when the Apostle Paul, when the Bible says right there in verse 16, that I see that in everything you are very religious. Actually, most translations say religious. And I was like, God, why did they translate religious when the word in Greek is daisidemonios, from the word where we take demons, daisidemonios, and that is not religious. That doesn't mean religious. That literally means fear of demons. And I'm thinking of some white guy that has never been to anything. It's out there, grew up Christian, probably has never seen a demon in his life. I was probably translating this, and he said religion. But I want you to know, the, in the Greek translation, and that's why the Amplified Bible says this. So Paul, standing in the center of the Areopagus, Mars Hill meeting place, said, Men of Athens, I perceive in every way, on every hand, and with every turn I make, that you are most religious or very reverent to demons. And in the Greek language, superstition is basically reverence to demons, fear of demons. Now, what does the Bible say about all of this? Because it's important that we understand not just what someone thinks. And I was a bit shocked to hear that, and, and I, we saw some statistics, that only 13% of churches in the United States oppose Halloween. 13%. Now, that is shocking. I don't care what other people think. How about what does God think? What does the Bible say? Is, isn't that what we follow, the Bible? Isn't this our book, the book that led us to salvation and showed us Jesus? If we, take, if we believed in the Jesus that this book talks about, then we have to believe everything else that the book talks about and form our belief and form our conviction and form what we stand for on the, this solid rock right here, not on what someone else thinks. Amen. Hey. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's keep going. Ephesians 5.11 says, And have no fellowship. Everyone say, no fellowship. With the works of darkness, but rather expose them. What, what, is it, what is a message like this? I hope somebody's watching online. I hope you go home and go to YouTube and, and forward this message to as many people as you can. Because the Bible says, do not have no fellowship with the works of darkness, but rather expose them. We need to expose the work of darkness. We need to call it for what it is. And not toy with it. But expose and call it. The Bible says, no fellowship. No fellowship, it means have nothing to do with it. It means allow it no place in your life. It means do not engage. It means do not participate. 
Oh, but everybody else is going to, you know, think that my kids are some, you know. Well, you know what? We went through the same. Hey, they grew up to be very nice, very successful in their, in their lives in every way. Praise God. Amen. You side with God and God sides with you. And God and you, you're the majority. Amen. And hallelujah. And God's going to bless you. So, so there you are. Have no, do not engage. Do not participate. Do not participate. Sorry, our family, we do not participate. It's against our beliefs. Now, the Bible shows, us, shows God's total rejection of such practices. Okay, let's go through some scriptures really, really quickly, okay? You've got to listen quickly because we're going to go through like 50. No, not 50, but 10, maybe 11. I didn't count. Leviticus 19.31. Give no regard to mediums, familiar spirits. Do not seek after them. Do not be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You know, defilement, spiritual defilement. Do not be defiled by them. Leviticus 20 verse 6. And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from my people. First Chronicles 10, 13. So Saul died for his trespass which he committed against God because the word of the Lord which he, he did not keep and also because he asked counsel of a medium making inquiry, inquiry of it. So God gave him a word, but he went and sought a word from the medium and that's where he followed. Second um, um, Chronicles 33, 6. Uh, also he caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hin Hinnom. And he practiced soothsaying, using witchcraft and sorcery, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord and he, to provoke him to anger. Now, my wife has shared her story. Her grandmother was a spiritist. Uh, she was involved in that kind of stuff. In my side of the family, my grandmother told me horrible stories of, we've had that in our bloodlines. But you know what? Now we are in Christ. <laughs> we are new creatures. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen. And, and even before we got married, we came before one of our pastors and we said, Pastor, uh, because we saw certain patterns and certain things that kept repeating themselves over generations. And he said, Pastor, I know I'm a new creature, but I'm here before you as a servant of God to uh, declare with my wife. And we, she was my wife then. We, or we, were we already? No, I was right at the start or before. I don't know. I can't remember. It was many years ago. <laughs> but we said, we, we said, Pastor, I'm here to declare openly before you as a man of God, before God, before principalities and powers that we renounce, you know, everything that was part of how my ancestors lived and we repent on their behalf and we declare we are new creatures and we want you to lay your hands on us and anything that has come down generations is cut off. Is, that's it. We're not going to take that into our marriage. We're not going to take infidelity into our marriage. We're not going to take divorce into our marriage. We're not going to take uh, generational diseases into our marriage. It all, we know it's all ended, but just a formality. You declare that is ended, cut off. It won't happen. It won't manifest in our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. First Chronicles 10, 13. I've read that one. Isaiah 8, 19. And when they say to you, when they say to you, 
Seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter. Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? So I remember my grandmother saying, you know, your great, great uncle, you know, we, we were all around this table and he said, and, and this and that and the other, you know, maybe the devil knew my great, great uncle knew what his voice sounded like, but we're not going to follow that voice. We're going to follow the voice of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we should give the darkness no place, no foothold, and no fellowship. Number one, why? Because it displeases God suddenly because it defiles us spiritually. Thirdly, it will weaken you spiritually. It will make you vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. I went to Panama, not this time with my wife, but another time. And this man, he said, oh, you can stay in this house. Uh, it's right by the sea. It's a beautiful house, but I have to warn you. The house is haunted. Stuff happens. I'm like, well, thank you for making your haunted house available to me. <laughs> he said, oh, no, I'm just warning you, Pastor. You know, I, 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 it's very, I, just, I want you to stay there because overlooking the ocean, it's beautiful. But at night, just, just watch it, you know, because stuff happens. Some doors, they, they slam, and, and you hear some things. And I, at that moment, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be very unkind to this man if I say, no, I'd rather go to the hotel because he's offering his, his beach house. And on the other hand, I actually liked the place and I wanted to see the sea. And I was so tired. I'm like, no, it's too late. So I went in and I'm like, well, if I go in, there's no room for both of us. So I declared out loud. I said, wherever you are, this place now is holy ground. I'm here. The kingdom of God is here. I'm a servant of the most high God in the name of Jesus. And I went to bed and slept like a baby. I don't know where the devil, the devil must have slept somewhere else because I slept really well. Amen. And the next day I thanked the brother and the brother's like, did you sleep well? Yeah, wonderful. Did you hear the, no, I didn't hear anything. I just slept like a log. Wonderful. Thank you for, for your house. And by the way, it, there's a likelihood they won't come back. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time I go to a hotel, my wife knows this. It's my, I do a little bit of spiritual vacuum cleaning. Because I don't know. You never know who's been there before you. What has gone on before. And I always. One, okay, it's on. Now, <laughs> now, no, this is a sanctified one. It's just, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But I always plead the blood of Jesus of the doorposts of, of the room. Amen. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. And, uh, and if I'm not with my wife, I cover that TV because we never know what's going to go through that TV in Jesus' name. And we declare this is holy ground now. This is not now the Acor Hotel. This is, this is the kingdom of God right here, right now in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, now, we should give, uh, so in the days of Moses, Joshua, uh, and Joshua, God warned them not to bring the gods of the nations. Now, I'm running out of time, really, but all the notes are online. Just go through the notes. Uh, they're all there, all the references. But he told them, when you go and conquer these nations, don't bring their gods with you. Don't bring them into their, your homes. And he said in Deuteronomy 7, 25 to 26, you shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. Verse 26, nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest, utterly abhor 
it for it is an accursed thing. You shall utterly detest. That is the feeling that the Apostle Paul had when he saw the city given over to idols. He utterly detested it. I mean, our fight is not against people. We don't get mad at people, but he got mad at the devil and the idolatry and the blindness of that place. You know how the Lord feels about it? And the Lord tells us, you need to feel the same way. Utterly detest it. Utterly abhor it. Um, oh, Pastor, but someone gave me this Zodiac thing that I, you know, it's very expensive. Listen, put it in the bin. Can I give it to someone? No. If it's not a blessing in your home, it's not going to be a blessing in anyone else's home. I'm not being legalistic. Listen, I just want freedom. Amen. I really, you need to walk in this freedom. Amen. The devil cannot have an embassy in your home. No, in Jesus' name. I, I imagine that you want your home to be a place filled with the presence of God, the blessing of God, your children growing up healthy and strong. Amen. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. So, so give the devil no room. Okay. All right, so um, now the apostles, I had, I had so much that I wanted to share, but the apostles, I want you to see that the apostles, the early church, confronted these same powers wherever they went. And we don't see the early church indifferent towards or accommodating of occultic practices. I'm going to, give you, I'm going to go quickly. Acts 8, 4 to 13, Philip in Samaria, he confronted Simon the sorcerer. He didn't say, well, Simon, you know, do your thing, I do my thing. He said a little bit like Clint Eastwood, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. So if one has to go, it's got to be darkness. If someone has to leave, it's got to be Simon the sorcerer. And he was cast out of, well, he actually he became a Christian because he, he recognized the superiority of the power of God. Acts chapter 13, verse 4 to 12, Barnabas and Saul confronted a Jewish sorcerer named Bar-Jesus. He confronted him. And said, you full of deceit, you son of the devil. Whoa. <laughs> Could we get the Apostle Paul to preach in some of our churches today? I am not sure. But how about we bring him, not him back. I mean, we don't. But how about we bring the spirit, the attitude, the, the uncompromising spirit of the early Christians into the church today. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. The Apostle Paul is dead and gone, is with Jesus, but thank God there's you and me. We speak to our generation. Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas prayed for a man who got healed. And the people started sacrificing idols to them and said, oh, these are the reincarnate gods. And they said, no. He said to them, you turn from these useless things to the living God. He called their beliefs useless things and said, turn to the living God. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 19, there's a slave girl. She has a spirit of divination. And she's saying, oh, this man is the great man of God. And, and Paul turned to her and said, I don't need any help from the devil. I command you, boom, gone. And she was free from the spirit of divination. Okay. Uh, Acts chapter 17, we just, this is our text today. Acts chapter 19. The seven sons of Sceva. So the, the early church never made room for the occult. For He never played spiritual games with darkness, but opposed and rejected. And lastly, they pointed always to the superiority of the power of God. In Acts chapter 14, Paul called the, their beliefs useless things. In Acts chapter 17, Paul called it 
times of ignorance. Can you imagine talking to highly educated philosophers in the pinnacle of, the, of uh, that mountain, people that were so clever, people that had reputation and called them ignorant. And he said, times of ignorance, God, these times of ignorance, God has overlooked. In other words, God is opening amnesty, amen, for you. Repent from these things. Turn to the living God. They always pointed to the superiority of the power of God. There's a story in Acts chapter 8 of Simon, who was a sorcerer. But the Bible says there in verse 13 that he himself also believed, was baptized, and continued with Philip, seeing the miracles that were done. Even the sorcerer realized the superiority of the power of God. Are you learning anything this morning? This is useful. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give the Lord a hand. Do something. Hallelujah. I love it. I love in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul went to the very epicenter of the worship of Diana. Uh, historians tell us that on any day, there would have been 100,000 pilgrims coming from all parts of the Roman Empire to worship Diana of the Ephesians. When Paul got there, he confronted a huge principality in that place. And the Bible says that the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Amen. That, that, that in two years only, the whole of Asia Minor come to, to know Jesus. And in verse 18 and 20, it says, Men who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. It's sometimes important to verbally renounce stuff. Amen. Things we've been involved with. Or our ancestors and verbally renounce and say, That's no longer my life. That no longer defines my belief. And many of them who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of them all. And they counted the value of them and totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Amen. Prevailed. Because the power of God is greater. Amen. We had here the other day. Uh, from Bible League, Brother Chris Wagon. Do you remember him from Bible League? Well, he, as a young man, he, was, he went to India looking for enlightenment. You don't find enlightenment in the darkness, but he went there. He became good at it. He learned Sanskrit. Sanskrit. He learned to speak, became fluent in the language. He learned all the sacred uh, texts. He, he became so good at it that after many, many years there, he actually became a teacher, a yogi, and all that kind of stuff. And it's so wonderful. To, I, was, I sat with him and he heard his testimony that the light really was turned on when he came to Jesus. And the enlightenment he was looking for is today in Jesus. Amen. And today is, is one of the representatives of Bible League. Why? Because greater is the one we worship. Greater is the one we celebrate. Greater is Jesus. Greater is the one in us than the one in the world. Hallelujah. 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 Now, just wrapping it up. Ephesians 5, 8. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. I want to speak about, just very briefly, I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Three very simple steps to freedom. And those start with R. Receive, repent, and reclaim. Number one, receive. Receive the word. 
receive, as James 1.21 says, receive the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Receive it as word of God. Because receive truth, because the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. All that I've done here today, I've, I came with, with the floodlights of the Word of God to sh so that there's light, there's truth. I know there are people watching right now and, and untruth is going to come into their lives right now in Jesus' name. So embrace truth. Receive truth. Don't argue against truth. Don't think you know better than truth. But receive. Secondly, repent. Because the Bible says right there, as we saw in Acts 17, 31, these times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now commands man everywhere to repent. Amen. Repent, you know, and, and do a U-turn. Move in a different direction. Repent. Don't ever walk back in those ways. And lastly, reclaim. If you have given the enemy any foothold, claim it back. Say, devil, you don't belong in my life anymore. I give you no more room in my life anymore. I give you no more space in my life anymore. My life belongs to Jesus. My home is an embassy of the kingdom of God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, the greater one now lives on inside of me. I walk in the light of Jesus. Jesus is my light. He's my home, my salvation. Come on. Reclaim that space. If you've suffered oppression, maybe nightmares, maybe any form of oppression, maybe you see in, in your bloodline certain things that are still manifesting in your life, I want to encourage you today, right now, in the closing moments of this service, amen, receive, repent, and reclaim, and say, my bloodline my natural bloodline has been now replaced by the blood of Jesus. That stuff that happened before no longer happens in the name of Jesus. I belong to Jesus. My life is hidden in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus.